This is a Sydney EO production. Welcome to episode 23 of the Sydney EO Business Podcast. I'm Brendan Tarazzi, the host of the show, and today I'm joined with Darcy Small from Bugasu Project, soon to be changed to Kua. Hi, Darcy. Hi, Hi Brendan. Thanks for having me on the show. That's fine. Now, I must apologise for this morning. I was planning on doing this interview face-to-face, but I had um, some technical issues, as you know, so we're, <laughs> we're recording today via phone, so... Um, Hopefully no worries at all. all. All cool with that. So um, I might just start with one of the great things that, um, you know, doing all these podcasts and meeting people is that I get to see these amazing workplaces. Tell me about the place that you've just moved into. Yeah, cool. So we've just moved into a new co-working space that's about halfway between Redfern Station and Central Station called The Commons. It's got somewhere between 200 and 400 members and it's across three floors and we're in the bottom area which has beautiful wooden tables, meeting rooms, a coffee machine, sparkling water on tap and uh, we were offered a scholarship there for the business that we're working on and it gives us a really good opportunity to meet all sorts of different business owners in a really collaborative environment. And so how did you, uh, you, you're not in EO, but you're now in the Accelerator program. Tell us a little bit about that journey, how you got, you know, involved with EO and, and then I guess we'll talk a little bit more about what um, KUA is doing and what, it, what it's uh, looking to do. Yeah, sure. So I'm probably one of the more early stage uh, members of the Accelerator program. So I run a company that I started when I was a student at the University of New South Wales. And one of the really amazing programs that EO runs, as well as Accelerator, is called the Global Student Entrepreneurship Awards. The Sydney chapter held a regional competition. I did a 10-minute pitch there, ended up winning, and then was sent to Macau in China to pitch at the Global Finals. And as part of the prize for winning the Australian round, I got put into the Accelerator program, which has been a really awesome opportunity for me to meet other business owners and get a really good insight into what this world of entrepreneurship is all about. So it sounds like you've been really uh, supported in a number of ways by different aspects of the community. What What is it that you actually, what's your business and what does it do? Yeah, cool. Um, our business happened, or well, we started this about a year ago now. Um, I'm a renewable energy engineer and was on a program in Uganda with my co-founder for engineering reasons. And we were working with local students from Uganda and one of them grew up where they grew coffee, telling him about the coffee culture here in Sydney. He pretty much insisted that we bring some coffee back to Sydney and see if we can start something that can channel funds back to Uganda. So that's how we started our business. What it's become over that I guess nearly two year period of research and then starting the company is a closed loop coffee supplier for workplaces. So, yeah, every so what, what, what does that actually mean? Yeah, tell us what. Yeah, because cool. there could be a few EO members who, you know, we're all running different businesses, ah, but they, yeah, good, you know, that might be, point. might be an avenue for you. A good, a good opportunity to pitch. Um, here we go. So every fortnight we, 
deliver coffee to workplaces that provide coffee for their employees. Closed yep. loop is, I guess, our term that we're using because we're really passionate about the circular economy. So we don't yep. just say that we supply coffee, we actually lend coffee to our partner workplaces, meaning that we retain ownership over the waste coffee grounds so we can take them back for repurposing. Uh, yep. Waste coffee, after it's been drunk, is a really valuable product for all sorts of things from compost to mushroom farming to uh, odour-resistant clothing to skincare. So we're trying to work with other people on the end of the supply chain to give our spent coffee grounds another another life. So, so is there currently a market for coffee grounds in Australia? At the moment, the, the product itself is still considered waste. So when cafes dispose of coffee, they actually have to pay, generally have to pay a fee to get rid of it. What we're trying to do is close that loop so that we can generate economic value out of that waste. And that's something yeah. we hope to be able to achieve in the next six months to 12 months. Okay, so at the moment, you what are you doing with all those coffee grounds? Or are you, the project's not up to that stage yet? Um, at the moment, we deliver them to three of our partners. So the first one is Share Waste, which is a online community garden network internationally. Yep. Um, yep. The second one is Indigigo. So they're an Indigenous Australian community garden that uses coffee waste to grow natural foods and bush products. Yep. And the third one is Raise the Bar, and they use our coffee grounds to create a hand soap, and I think that's the one I'm most excited about. Yeah, right. So are they currently... Are you donating the grounds at the moment, or are they giving you... I imagine the gardens you'd be donating, but what about the... What about the yep. so at the moment we're donating the grounds across all platforms. In the yep. future we hope to take ownership over the, the product with the grounds and that will allow us to loop that back to our workplace customers. Yeah, yeah. And so at the moment I guess it sounds like you're kind of just sussing out what the model is and how you can potentially make money. Yeah, yeah. So um, I guess it's it started in Uganda as a an opportunity to fund pro programs back in Uganda. So I guess the the second half of our model that I haven't spoken about is that uh, for every six kilograms of coffee that a company consumes, we're able to put a woman through a program called Sense for Seat. So yep. that's a way to address the inequities in global su supply chains and also some of the problems that we encountered when we visited Uganda. But then when we tried to bring that model to market in Sydney, we thought that there needed to be a bit more innovation in the coffee space. And we wanted to tap into something that hadn't really been done um, with a big environmental impact. So that's where we're sussing out opportunities with the, the closed loop circular economy side of things. And then what's, uh, um, I noticed on your website that you're actually a registered charity Tell mm -hmm. us about, um, I guess, why you've gone. Does that, going down that route of a, being a, a registered charity, I don't know, what were the reasons for that? Was it to give you more kudos or um, is that structured yeah, better for what you're doing? Or, I mean, what are, the, what are the challenges, I guess, with running a charity as opposed yeah. to just being a normal business and saying, making a pledge that, you know, X amount of our revenue yeah. goes back to Uganda? 
That's a really interesting question. Um, probably the real reason that we did that was because before we set up, we run internally, we run everything like we're a for-profit business and that's where Accelerator's really, really good. But before we got to this stage, the focus was about driving impact back in Uganda. So a charity made sense. Um, in terms of starting a coffee company, it's actually, there's no real barrier to entry in terms of capital costs. Yeah. So we didn't need much investment. Being a charity, we thought would give our consumers, I guess, trust in our operations. Yeah. What yeah. we've found is that there's a bit of a stigma about charities in terms of inefficient operations. So we tend not to advertise it as much as we first expected. And I guess we're yeah. hoping to, to spin that around in future and say, hey, we're operating like a charity. Look at all the great stuff we're doing. We're also really productive and efficient because we believe in, you know, generating profit or what we generally term it surplus that can be given yeah. back to the country of origin. So, so is there a difference between being a company that's a not-for-profit versus being a charity? So there's... Um, um, we've got got someone on our team who's all over this, but I'll, I'll do yeah. my best. Um, there's a company, I guess there's a spectrum from a company to a traditional charity, which is given, governed by a board of directors. Yeah. We are legally incorporated as a company limited by guarantee. That means yeah. that our operations have to be in line with our mission, which is around creating social and environmental impact with a focus in Uganda. Rather than having shareholders, um, myself and my four founding team members are directors. So we have a, a legal obligation to uh, govern the charity in line with what we've got in our constitution. Yeah. Okay. So, as a, so, just let me know if I've got this right. So, at the moment, yeah. the revenue is coming from companies that you supply a coffee machine and coffee to on a and on a fortnightly basis you're That's collecting right. collecting the waste that they produce and then that and feeding that through to either the gardens or the the soap business That's right. Yep. Is it just in Sydney at the moment? Yeah, we're we're just in Sydney. Our furthest um, company is in Parramatta. One of the challenges that we've given ourselves is trying to um, stick really strongly to that closed-loop model, which has made it difficult to expand to Melbourne um, at this early stage. But that is yeah. on our side, and it just involves um, finding the right roasting partner, finding the right you know, soap manufacturer and a, a delivery network. So do the beans actually, they, they come from Uganda as well, do they? So you yeah, so we work directly with a farmer's network. Um, yep. So that's that's really good. We know they're called Zukukabora and they do a really good job of educating the farmers, providing um, fair fair income. And we yep. get a green bean shipment over once per year. Um, and then we roast that on demand for our companies each week. Oh, okay. Okay. So, I mean, you when when this thing gets up and running, you'll be supporting them on, you know, you're buying the beans from them, you're giving them extra surplus back yep. from the profit of the operations. Yeah, yeah I guess it's, it's two-pronged in that sense. And, um, you know, down the track, it's something that we think should 
be replicated in other coffee growing regions and other cities. So there's no reason um, we won't expand to Indonesia or hopefully the model might be replicated in a city, say Hong Kong or Vancouver. Yeah, if we right. can show that it works to start with. And, and so for the um, members that are listening that are, might be interested in getting a coffee machine into their workplace, is there a minimum, minimum number of staff that you need to make it viable and what, is yeah. it, what does it roughly cost to get a machine and um, um, we, tr- in? we try not to deliver less than one kilogram per fortnight just because yeah. at that point it's not economical for us or the company. <laughs> well, I, I, can t- I can tell you I make my own uh, coffee at home every day and I go... Yeah. My wife and I go through about a kilo a fortnight. So. <laughs> um, there you go. Maybe maybe we'll do a home delivery just for you guys. Yeah, yeah. Either I'm drinking uh, starting on the coffee or... <laughs> or well, it also do, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of I mean, <laughs> I guess one of the things that we hope is that with our coffee, people will also drink more. So, you know, maybe if that's 500 grams, we can convince the company to drink twice as much and then we can sign them up but um, it typically corresponds to 30 to 50 employees and then yeah. our biggest com- customer has about 400 to 500 employees so oh wow okay yeah and how do you get around like like how bulletproof are your machines because you know for me I've been making my own copy at home for probably I don't know a good 10 years so mm-hmm. you know I fancy myself as a bit of a barista but okay for, for the average you know I guess workplace employee. How hard is it to make a, a coffee? And are uh, yeah, you fighting, yeah, yeah. are you fighting against the urge to, you know, go to the, get out of the office and yeah, uh, blow four bucks on a on a, <laughs> a cafe coffee? That's um, an interesting one. So if there's an there's two sides to the coin. Um, one, some companies choose not to have coffee in office at all because they think employees should go and get fresh air and have coffee and fair enough that's um, their way of getting employees out of the office and chatting to each other in a new environment. Our our favourite is when companies buy their own fancy espresso machine and let their employees muck around on it. It creates a really fun environment and I love, you know, trying to do latte art, making your own coffee and and then we can just supply the beans. So that's our, you know, category A customer. Yeah. Otherwise, we offer somewhere between a fully manual and a semi-automatic machine, which means that, you know, any man and his dog can make coffee or you can yeah. have that fun element of trying it out yourself. And, and we typically do a sample session and show people how, how to use the machines and have a laugh and explain where the coffee's from and all that kind of thing. Yeah. And so what if you were just supplying the, um, the coffee beans themselves, mm-hmm. do you... Do, are they ground or are they? Um, it, it just depends on the customer whether they've got a yeah. ground or not. Most companies um, just order whole beans, but we yep. also do ground. If, for example, some companies have a filter machine, so they just yep. scoop it out of our canisters straight into their machine. And yeah, it really just depends depends on the company. And then, so what roughly does it cost per kilo? Say, if you you know you're an average customer or, or low yep. to high. Okay, low to high, it's um, $44 per kilogram. And that's a price that we've found is right for us and right for um, the customers that we've got on at the moment. And then we're looking at whether that will change when we add things in like soap soap delivery as well, you know, six months down the track. Yeah. 
And I'm curious to see whether, like the customers that you do have, mm-hmm. are, are they coming on board because they like the idea of giving back or do they like the mm-hmm. taste of the coffee or is it yep. a combination of all those things? Um, well, like another word, in other words, what's the driver to buy from you as opposed from other yeah, local cafes? Yeah, 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 sure. Um, look, we can't. You just can't sell coffee on it being great tasting coffee because every coffee supplier does great tasting coffee, yeah. particularly in Sydney and Melbourne. So ours does taste great, but we find that it's a balance between the social and environmental impact and then the way that we link that back to employee engagement. Yeah. So our favourite customer is Canva. Um, they have an amazing office. Um, they have a barista on site and are really focused on workplace culture and they get us into like after they've done a month with us and have put you know i think they put like 30 women or 20 women through a program they'll get us in to speak about that impact and show their employees what it's all about so i think it's that additional csr initiative that we add on top of just workplace coffee supply that's really the selling point for most of our companies at the moment yeah i guess it could like it could get staff thinking about, you know, when they're drinking coffee, the what the whole supply chain is, where it's exactly, yeah. what's going with to the waste, how they're... So, you know, I guess through their addiction to coffee, they're actually doing some good. <laughs> well, I think that's the reason our team is doing this. So, um, you know, we're all university students in a range of degrees and... Sometimes we get asked why we stopped doing whatever we're studying and started a coffee company. And I think you hit it on the head there. It's Coffee is something that people drink every day. They engage with the product and it's a really powerful way to show people about global issues, whether it's environmental or supply chains. And if we're doing that right, then I think we'll be really happy to keep going with the Gizu project or Kua. And so on a, on a personal level, are you kind of surprised that you've been led down this path or was it something that you intended to you know because um, you, you studied as an engineer and now suddenly yeah. you're running a, a charity a coffee charity you know <laughs> coffee work that's you know I know I know stuff happens but um, yeah I'm just curious no. to see uh, yeah even as you as you yeah. said that sentence, you surprised me. So I'm, I'm definitely surprised. Uh, I would say a year ago, I was still thinking that I would be something in engineering. So I was really interested in how energy can work in countries that still, uh, sorry, renewable energy can work in countries that still don't have access um, to yeah. electricity. And then suddenly yeah. I'm running a coffee charity. But yeah. at the same time, I'm learning so much uh, by doing this, and I think I'll keep doing this as long as it continues to work and as long as I continue to learn personally and professionally. Well, you know, the the beautiful thing you mentioned this morning that you've actually, you finished your degree. Yeah. Was that, was, was that right? You'd like, you'd yeah, finished. I finished in December. Oh, amazing. I mean, so, yeah. you know, what's the worst that can happen? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I think that, there's a fair bit of demand yeah. It's just a, it's just an exciting gap year, so um, you know, there's yeah, there's real really no concerns with with what we're doing at the moment. And then what about your the people that are also involved with your business? Are they mm-hmm. all uni students, or have they finished, or 
so we've got a team of six. Three of us have graduated and three will graduate in the next year, depending on how much effort they put into coffee in the meantime. How much coffee they drink, yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, my co-founder, Brody, uh, he's also an engineer. So we went to Uganda together a year and a half ago, and that's where we met and this whole thing started. We yeah. then recruited pretty much friends of friends or friends of friends of friends who filled in the gaps that, you know, two white male engineers don't have. So um, finance, background in international development, logistics design, um, and we've got four people who fill those roles really, really well. Yeah. And then what about, so you've got support from EO, you've got support, it sounds like, from the common, the, the, the office, the, the commons yeah. it was called. Um, yep. Any other, like, government support around to help push your initiative? You know, it sounds um, like you've got some real momentum happening here. So Yeah, we've been really lucky with, really, really lucky with support. So um, particularly, we haven't had government, but that's probably just us not looking hard enough. The university has been instrumental in terms of uh, early stage accelerator programs and some um, providing pathways to philanthropic funding to get us off the ground. Yeah. And then everything from, you know, Toast Creative did some design work for us. Um, Baker McKenzie did some did some legal setup for us. And if I keep mentioning organizations, I'll forget the ones that yeah, I really yeah, need no. to mention. So, but yeah, yeah, just it's been awesome, I think, when they just see young people that want to do something for a cool reason. Um, yeah. It's amazing how willing people are to help out. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess it's when your motivation is... I mean, it is money in a way, but it's that's not your core driver. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, I think people love buying into that, you know, and... and yeah. When you, uh, It's interesting, you know, like you're helping these farmers in Uganda and then the sort of it goes around in a circle and local people in Australia want to help you help yeah, them. Yeah, so to speak. exactly. And I find that in every relationship, there's, it, it, it works both ways. So, um, you know, hopefully if we're successful, we're able to give back to the, the people that have helped us at this early stage. And um, it always kind of passes itself on. We do cool. a lot of work with students who want exposure to startups, nonprofits, international development, and that's like another way that, I think we're able to, I guess, just share the learning journey. Well, you said you're interested in energy as an engineer, so it's kind of <laughs> like human energy in a way, isn't it? The, all this giving. <laughs> that's that's and, it. Yeah. yeah. Many hands uh, to, to make a cup of coffee. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. Okay, so look, this podcast is probably going to go to air after mid-May, so do, do you have a website that um, our, our listeners can go to to check you out? Yeah, um, so by mid-May, we will have transitioned to Kua, um, which is great because then I don't need to explain how to spell Bugisu, um yeah. on the podcast, but the you, website you better, will be... You better, spell, you better spell the new podca- uh, the new website, I should yeah. say. Yeah. It will be www.withkua.co. Uh, do you want to just, just spell that out yep. by the um, letter, just, just in case? W-I-T-H. K-U-A, so um, okay. the website is all about come with us on our journey. Yep, yep, got it, got it. All right, now I might just ask you a few quick questions before we uh, wrap up, Darcy. How yeah. old are you? I'm 23. Okay, and what do you like to do to keep fit? 
for acting. Um, I grew up in a tiny little town called Crescent Head, halfway from Sydney to Brisbane, and there's nothing to do there except surfing. So um, I do that pretty much every morning when I can. Cool. And um, next question, how many hours sleep are you getting each night? Oh, between six to eight, so not too bad. Yep, no, that's good. And then um, what do you hope, uh, like, uh, what do you hope to be, uh, with this business, what would you like to be remembered for? I know it's mm. early on, but... Um... I think um, just being brave enough to keep doing something and, and sticking to your guns. Yeah. So we've got a set of values and we believe in where we're heading and then hopefully just sticking on that path and showing people that what we believe in can become something really, really cool. Um, yeah, and that would be amazing. All right. Well, thanks very much for coming on the show and, and for everyone who's interested, I urge you to get involved. It's www.kua.com. All right, thanks That's so much, it. Darcy. .co. Oh, oh. .co. Oh, my God. Almost <laughs> sent, sent them somewhere else. Maybe you, exactly. get the dot, maybe you should get the .com just in case if it's still available. Cool. Yes, I'll do both. <laughs> awesome, mate. All right. Well, thanks so much for having me.